beautiful worship. Sing praises to the newborn king. Um, it is a beautiful time. I hope uh, that it is not just uh, Christmas Day or um, Christmas Eve that we celebrate and realize the gift that we have in Jesus Christ, um, this uh, radical Savior that came out of love for you and I. And it's because of that and we continue to look in the Gospel of John today. And I'm excited that in the, all the way up through Easter, we are going to spend this season uh, looking through the Gospel of John uh, to see what Christ has for us, the story of Christ. We're gonna, I can't promise we're going to look at every scripture in John, but we're going to go over the narrative of John uh, to see the life of Christ and how we uh, can follow uh, this Savior that has been born unto us. Turn with me to John chapter 1, starting in verse 19 through verse 34. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have it on the screen for you. Um, but we just put your, your bookmark in the Gospel of John. When you come to church, you'll be ready, as that's where we'll be. John 1, verse 19. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And as the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the throng of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Roger, I think I'm hearing my, a little reverb in the, if you wouldn't mind turning me down. As I've said, I don't like to hear too much of myself. I need to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Um, but this morning we're looking at a wonderful scripture um, and it reminds me of that phrase, be careful what you wish for. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever even heard, uh, be careful what you pray for? It may, may come to pass. Uh, be careful what you wish for. You know, so thinking about this, uh, the scripture really implements what are we looking for in 2018? Um, 
When we think about the new year coming down the way, we think about what are we hoping for, what are we praying for, what are we looking for in 2018. Um, you know, be careful what you wish for. They, they kind of say this. One of the things that's the most clearly plain of that is a lot of people say, boy, if I just won the lottery. Have you ever heard anybody say that? This is what I'd do with the money. Boy, if I could just win the lottery. Um, if I just didn't have to buy a ticket, I could just win the lottery. Uh, this is what I'd do with it. Fix all my problems, right? Have you ever heard of the, actually the lottery, the curse of winning the lottery? Uh, obviously, we don't believe in curses, but we can understand why. Um, it, it, it's a real thing. Did you know, statistically, 70%, that's almost three out of four people who win the lottery within a few years have lost all their money. 70% of people that win the lottery lose their money within a few years. Um, and many people, they encounter very uh, family hardships. Uh, there's many, many stories of people actually uh, dying or being killed after winning the lottery. Their money, the thing that they sought after, actually uh, was a burden. And in fact, it, it, it was a curse for them. Uh, maybe that shouldn't surprise us as Christians because Christ warned us the danger of money and the love of money. Um, but the, the saying holds true, be careful what you wish for. As we look for 2018, I, I hope you're not saying, boy, if I just had more money, because I'm here to tell you, money in 2018 will not solve your problems. Um, it, it, it is not where we put our hope. Uh, but the question still stands, uh, where are we putting our hope and our trust and what are we looking for in the new year? Um, and we, you say, boy, how does that connect with this, this story, uh, this account of John the Baptist and the opening of John? and his gospel. But it's, we open with the gospel of John by people looking for something, people hoping for something, uh, and they miss it. We see that the, the Jews in Jerusalem hear about John the Baptist, uh, and they are expecting a Messiah. They are looking forward to a Messiah. They are hoping for a Messiah to come. And so they hear about John the Baptist. And in the other gospels, we know this John the Baptist, he's a wild character. Uh, he's out in the wilderness, and he, he just wears the clothes of animal skins, and he's only eating bugs and honey. I mean, he, he's kind of a wild man. And even Jesus' references, uh, boy, some thought John the Baptist had a demon because he didn't eat anything, and he, he was just kind of a wild preacher uh, out in the wilderness calling repentance. Uh, but the Jews and the Pharisees and the priests, they hear about John the Baptist, and they get excited. They say, maybe this is the Messiah that we've been looking for. For. Um, as we've journeyed through Scripture up to this point, we were in the prophets and we were looking at the periods of exile together. We realized that uh, Israel's strong need for a, a deliverer, for a Messiah. They were looking for the one that would restore Israel uh, to its rightful place. And they've been going under immense hardships uh, the first exile, the second exile in Babylon. And now, even now, at this period in their history, they're under Roman rule. Uh, yeah, they have King Herod, and he's kind of what they call the king of the Jews, but he's just a figurehead. He's just a puppet of the Roman Empire. And, and so the priests and the Pharisees in Jerusalem, they are all looking for a Messiah. Uh, and they come to John, and, and they just ask him, what do you say about yourself? Who are you? And they kind of pose them questions. Are you the Messiah? And we've talked about this, but behind their question of the Messiah, basically they're asking, are you the coming king? Are you the person that is in the line of David that is going to reestablish David's throne? Are you going to get the Roman oppressors off our back? So really, they're asking, are you the political? Are you 
the royal Messiah that we have been looking for, that we are expecting. And John says, no, I am not. Notice uh, the Gospel of John is where we get Jesus' I am sayings. And here it's clear that John Baptist says, I am not. So he's very clear about who he is. I am not the Messiah. They say, okay, 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 John. Okay, you're not the Messiah. That's great. You're still pretty big and powerful. What about, are you Elijah? Now, why would they ask that? They are also expecting Elijah. They're, they're expecting Elijah because in the very last verses of the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, these are literally last verses of the Old Testament, uh, it says, Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. So they, they knew that they were expecting the prophet Elijah to return before the day of the Lord, before the Lord comes and visits them. And they understood before the Messiah came, Elijah needed to come. We also see a window there that uh, they weren't sure that when this Messiah came, when the Lord visited earth, that it may not be great and terrible. It may be a fearsome day. But they're asking, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Kind of not, we don't, they didn't believe in reincarnation. They would just believe that Elijah would return to earth. And they were excited about this fact because uh, Elijah was the one that called down fire from heaven. He raised people from the dead. He was probably one of the most miraculous prophets of the Old Testament. Are you Elijah? We could really use an Elijah right now. We're looking for an Elijah. Are you him? John the Baptist says, no, I'm not Elijah. And really what he meant there is he's not, I am not the full Elijah that you are looking for. Jesus would later say that he was the Elijah that was preparing the way, the expected one. But John the Baptist says, no, I'm not what you are looking for when you ask that question. I'm not the one that's going to call down fire from heaven like you want. That's not my job. They say, okay, 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 okay. You're not the prophet Elijah. You're not the Messiah. Maybe are you the prophet? And here, my translation just says the prophet, but what they mean, what they're asking there, are you the prophet Moses? Are you the prophet? Come back again. Because if you were the prophet Moses, come back again, that would be great. Because we need a strong, clear, moral voice. We need that leader like we had in Moses. We could really use that during this time period. Are you the Moses that we need? John the Baptist again says, I am not the prophet that you were looking for. So who are you? They finally get down. Okay, we've gone down the list. Who are you, John the Baptist? What are you doing? If you're not the Messiah, why are you baptizing? Why are you calling for repentance? Why are you declaring the kingdom of God is at hand? What is going on? And John the Baptist says, you know what? Who I am, what I'm about, is one simple thing. And he quotes from another prophet, Isaiah. He says, I'm the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the coming Messiah. John's identity, who he was, was simply as a witness. He was simply the one who was going to point to the Savior and say, there he is. John the Baptist's identity was to prepare the way. He was to be the first witness. 
And that's John's identity for us today. And this is what he does. This story is really about John the Baptist being the first one to point to Jesus, being the first witness to the Son of God. And that's what we see. The priests and the, and the, the Jews and the, the Pharisees are all asking these questions. Messiah, Elijah, Moses. And then John, the next day, they're all standing around. John, the next day, sees Jesus coming to him. And what does he say when he sees Jesus? He doesn't say, here comes the Messiah. He doesn't say, here comes Elijah, here comes uh, Moses. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And do you see the difference? They were looking for all of these things. But what John gives testimony is, is he's the Lamb of God. They weren't necessarily looking for a lamb. They were wanting a lion who's going to come take control and, and clear out the Roman empires. But here John gives witness to why Jesus came and who Jesus was to be the lamb of God. What do lambs do? They give their lives so that others may live. They give their lives for the sins of others. Lambs give their lives to bring reconciliation between humans and God. You see, the Pharisees were asking somewhat the right questions, but when the true answer came, they struggled to see it. They couldn't understand. Behold the Lamb of God. I don't know that we're looking for a lamb, John the Baptist. We're looking more for a lion. As we go through the Gospel of John in the weeks to come, we're going to see this be a recurring theme, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests, the ones who were looking for the Messiah, they're going to miss it because they weren't ready for the true gift of God and the Lamb. And here on the eve of 2018, I want us to ask the question of ourselves, what are we looking for in 2018? What are we hoping for? Because my concern is, is that we we would be like the Pharisees. That maybe we, we kind of ask the right questions. Maybe we, we know the lingo, right? We know kind of maybe even some scriptures. But when Jesus comes to us, when Jesus speaks to us, when Jesus stands in our presence, when Jesus tries to lead us, we say, no, no, that's not what I'm expecting and that's not what I want. I'm sorry, I'm going to go another way. You see, whether we're, we're Christians or non-Christians, my fear is, is that we miss Jesus in the new year. We miss where Jesus is leading us because he's not necessarily always what we expected and he may not be leading us where we thought we wanted to go, right? See, the trouble is in our Christian lives, we may have these ideas, Jesus, I'm ready for this. I'm ready, uh, I'm, let's just, you know, I'm ready for some money, Jesus. I'm ready uh, for this to happen. I'm ready for that great new job. I, Jesus, I'm ready for people to actually re pay attention to me in 2018. I'm ready to get ahead in 2018. And I wonder if Jesus comes to us and says, here's my way. My way is as the Lamb of God. And if you want to follow me, you must become like me. My concern is, is the Pharisees heard that. They saw, they laid eyes on Jesus. They heard John the Baptist say, behold, the Lamb of God. And yet they missed it. 
They couldn't follow. They couldn't get on board with what God was doing through Jesus Christ. The word became flesh. And so as you pray, as you seek, as you think about, as you plan for 2018, what I'm moving us towards is to be ready and to be open to whatever God wants to do in your life. But I trust and I know, and where we're moving towards is I know what God wants to do in your life in 2018 in a sense, because it's to be our mission. That instead of being the Pharisees who resist where God is leading, who, who aren't ready, who miss it, we are instead to model to be John the Baptist. That yes, John was that first great and powerful witness to who Jesus is, but we are called in the same fashion to be witnesses to who Jesus is today. Amen? And in 2018, what I want us to think about is how can we model witnessing for Jesus Christ? How can our lives bear witness to the Christ who has come? You see, uh, witnessing to who God is in the world, to Jesus Christ, uh, we talk a lot about that, and we should. How do our lives bear witness in 2018 to Christ? First, uh, how we do that is that you must believe. You must trust. You must look to Christ and say, yes, there stands the Son of God, as John pointed out to everyone. What that means is not necessarily just a mental flip in your mind, just a mental acquisition, but it's where you put your trust. It's where you put your hope. As you look to 2018, I hope your trust lays only in Jesus and wherever he leads to you. To bear witness to Jesus, must you must firmly believe with everything that you have that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, that he will be your rock. When we think about John the Baptist giving witness, though, and when we think about our own lives giving witness to Jesus, we also often think about words. We have to think about a telling and speaking. But before we use our words, how we give witness to Jesus in 2018 means that we must, our lives must model Jesus in the flesh. That we live lives worthy of Jesus. That we follow him in our actions and in our deeds and in our time and in our energy. Basically, to witness to Jesus Christ today is that we too must follow the Lamb. And what do we talk about lambs do? They give of their lives out of love for those around them. How we bear witness to Christ is that we live as incarnations, as we live as followers of the true Lamb of God. That we live our lives out of love for others around us. And that's what God wants to do. That's how we bear witness to Jesus. That people can look at you and say, I see something different in you. I I see a love that is not of this world. I see a holiness, a grace, a truth about you that comes from someone else. That is how we give witness to Christ. I know what I'm asking of you. I, I don't take this lightly. To ask you to follow Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, means that he is sending us out like lambs among the wolves. It means that people are not going to respect your love and your servanthood because they're trying to get ahead. 
They're trying to find out how they can get more power and popularity and money and success and fame and worth. And if we are to give witness to Jesus who is the Lamb, we're not able to search after those things. We are sent out into the world to witness to Christ's servanthood, to His humility, to His uh, love for the untouchables and unlovables. We are sent out as lambs to offer ourselves out of love for the world as Christ did for us. That is how we give witness. And that is a big ask. That is a uh, monumental task that we can only do when the Holy Spirit transforms us in the likeness of Christ as we allow ourselves to be transformed by the Spirit. And finally, as we give witness to Jesus Christ, as we follow him with our lives, I truly believe that people will want to know what is different about us. I truly believe that if we give 2018 over to Christ and we say, Lord, I am going to live as your lamb, as your follower, that people will say, what's different about you? How can I be freed from the rat race? How can I be freed from the bondage of sin and pain in our lives? So the service, I'm not going to necessarily belabor the point. I, this is going to be a shorter sermon because I kind of want to leave more time for prayer on this uh, New Year's Eve. That we would be praying, that we would be seeking God's face for the, the upcoming year, both individually and as a church, to ask, Jesus, how do we give witness to you? Individually and corporately. How do we become lambs in a world full of wolves? How do we give witness to the, son, the Savior who came to give his life for many? And I want to offer us uh, four kind of practical uh, steps, uh, prayers to pray as we pray and as we seek God's face, as we kind of give 2018 over to him. And there's kind of four things I would ask us to pray, uh, not only this morning, but in the days to come as we think about 2018. The, the first thing, and I'm, here I'm thinking about the Pharisees, is that we would pray that we would have a clear picture of who Jesus is. You see, the hurdle that the Pharisees couldn't get over is that they couldn't believe, that they couldn't trust, and they couldn't see the mission of Jesus. That's why they ended up rejecting him. My prayer for us, for our church, for you individually, that in the coming months, in 2018, through your scripture reading, through your prayer, through your time of devotions, through us, our life as a church, that we would have a clear and simple an easily understandable picture of who Jesus is and how we follow him. That we wouldn't be distracted by fads or caught up in uh, a false teachings, but we would clearly understand what Jesus looks like in our lives in the days to come. That we would understand what does it mean for Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because it's only when we see Jesus clearly that we can give witness to him clearly in today's world. So that's the first thing I would ask us to pray about. Jesus, may we see you more clearly in 2018 than ever before. The second thing I'd ask us to pray is that God would remove any obstacles to our witness, any uh, hazards, any uh, tripping points, any distractions in our lives. You see, I think we may be coming already into the new year with a bunch of burdens, with a bunch of worries and uh, things that are occupying our minds, and they may take away from our pursuit of Christ's likeness. 
I wonder if there, it may be even sin in our lives that we need to repent and get away with, from. Ask the Lord to remove from us that, is, that are blocking our witness to Jesus Christ in the world. Whatever it may be, it is good for all of us to pray. Say, Lord, remove the obstacles to my life of faith. Remove my obstacles to my discipleship. And may you make the way straight for me to follow Christ. And whatever those situations may be, and some of those situations we may just need to let go of. If there's something that's out of your power to fix, and, but you're still trying to fix it, you may just need to give that to God. And it may be with the best of intentions, but that situation may be keeping you from giving witness to Jesus Christ. So the second thing, remove any obstacles um, from, that keep me from giving witness to Christ. The third thing I'd ask us to pray for and to seek out in this new year is that we would ask that God would place us in the situations that desperately need his love, that desperately need God's forgiveness. Uh, I would ask you to pray for, to be put in some hard situations. Maybe it's within your family. Maybe it's within your workplace. Maybe it's in a, a neighbor's life that they would open up to you and allow you to come into their lives so that you may shine the light of Christ in those situations. I think if we're just going through our lives with our blinders on, just worrying about ourselves, we cannot truly give witness to Jesus Christ. Uh, that we have to get involved in other people's lives. We have to get involved in our communities. We have to go outside of our doors to let Christ shine. So the third thing I'd ask us to pray for is, Lord, where might be a situation that's already on my doorstep I'm just not noticing? Who's that person? Who's that family member? that group you want me to go to to represent the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the fourth thing I would ask us to pray for, to seek out in the new year, is that perhaps there would be one specific person, two specific people that God would lead into our lives that we may bear witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. And it may, it may not be on January 1. You may have to build a relationship with someone. You may have to, uh, it may be a long time coming. It may not even be in 2018 that they really see the light, but that you would build a new relationship with someone that they may see that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God and how they can have freedom and forgiveness and grace and they may come into the family of God. So I pray that you may, uh, I ask you to pray for one or two people that you may impact with the gospel this year. Because as we look at 2018, you know, I don't know what's coming for us all. I don't know what's coming down the pike, but I know one thing. The most important thing you can focus on is your witness, is your discipleship of Jesus Christ. And I know the most important effect you can have as you look back in a year from now in 2018 to say, you know what? Yeah, this happened, a job but that impact I made on that family member, that impact I made in that neighbor, that light I shone in that situation, oh man, it was powerful to see how God used me. God wants to use each and every one of us to be his witnesses out in the world like John the Baptist. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This will be a recurring theme through the New Testament as we see it here. I don't know if you remember, some of you were with us this summer as we looked at the book of Revelation. And if you'll remember, one of the uh, highest and most beautiful images 
of Jesus is as the Lamb of God, seated on the throne. I don't know if you remember that sermon, but people heard about the Lion of Judah that was coming. And yet when John, the revelator, looked, what did he see? Not a lion, but a lamb looking as if it had been slaughtered. What he saw was Jesus seated on the throne, still bearing the scars that he gave out of love for you and I. I know, as God sends you out to bear witness to Jesus Christ, what people will first and foremost see is that your love that you give, that grace you give, that sacrifice you make on their behalf, just as Jesus sacrificed on our behalf. May we make Jesus real and present in the world. May we bear witness to the Lamb who has come to reconcile us to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we turn to you now, we ask that your spirit would simply speak to us. Uh, May you draw us closer to yourself. May you uh, speak to our hearts. May this be a fruitful time of prayer and response to your word as we uh, imagine what you have for us for 2018. We commit this year to you, and we turn to you now in a time of prayer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I, you know, we, we, we have plenty of time here. I, I'd like to take a little more time in prayer than we usually do. Um, I would invite you to, if you want to, I'd ask you to come up to the altar if you're physically able, if there's room. Um, this is a perfect place on New Year's Eve to commit our ways to God for the upcoming year. You can pray through those four things if that's helpful to you. Um, maybe you have something, a burden that you're carrying that you want to pray about. But this is the perfect time for us to come together as a community to seek God's face and to say before it even starts that 2018, God, it's yours. Whatever you do with me, whatever you have for me, please show me your way and may I be faithful. May I not be like the Pharisees who missed it, who didn't want to follow the Lamb of God. But may I have the courage and the grace through the power of your Holy Spirit to give witness to the Lamb. So uh, we're going to sing a song and and give us time to, if you want to pray in your seat, if you want to kneel in your pew, if you want to kneel at an altar, take whatever posture is comfortable for you. We're going to just take a time of prayer, and then I'll lead us in prayer, in an extended prayer, uh, and corporate prayer together. But use this time well to seek God's face for the upcoming year. Heavenly Father, we are gathered here this morning to seek your face. Uh, for the upcoming year and, and ultimately for our lives. We gather here to commit our ways to you. Uh, that what we want both individually and corporately is to follow Christ above all else. That we would bear witness with our lives to the one who has come to redeem the world, Jesus Christ. So I pray in 2018 as we uh, seek your face that we would have a clear Understanding, We would have a clear relationship with Jesus Christ. We may see what he desires for us, what is at the heart of God as we look to Jesus. May we commit to, to studying the Gospels. May we commit to studying Scripture, to staying faithful to your house, to praying, to seeking your face so that we 
and may have a stronger relationship with Jesus than ever before, that we would continue our lives of sanctification, of becoming Christ-like. And I pray that you would remove any obstacles in our lives that would hinder us from following Christ. Any, any difficulties, any sin, any attitudes in our lives, any hesitancies to follow the gospel, Lord, would you remove them? Would you remove them from our church? Would you remove them from our families and our lives? May we be willing to sacrifice the comforts of this life in order to bear witness to your son. May we be willing to sacrifice popularity. May we be willing to sacrifice time and money. Any hindrances that would choke out our lives of faith, may we cast them aside and lean wholly on you, trusting that you will provide for us. Lord, I, I do ask that you would open situations to us, areas into our communities, uh, areas into uh, families or, or hurting ones, uh, to the hungry and the despised and the homeless and the poor, all of those places that you went, that you want us to go on your behalf, Lord, to bring your healing touch, to bring your words of comfort and to bring your words of life. I don't know, as we gathered here, the many people in this sanctuary, Lord, I can't imagine how many situations that we could touch in 2018 with your love and with your grace and with your truth. And so I pray for everyone here that doors may be opened into these situations and they'd be willing to walk into them. Yes, these may be difficult situations. They may be hurting situations. They may be where people don't normally go. They may be to the part of town that people don't want to go to, Lord, but I know that's where your spirit wants to send us. So may we be faithful to walk through and enter these situations. And may we build relationships with those who don't know you, that are struggling to find their way in this world. And may they see the light of Christ through us, and may we bear faithful witness. I pray uh, for those gathered here individually, uh, that they would become Christ-like more every day in 2018, that we would commit uh, to pursuing sanctification in our lives. But I also pray for the families gathered here today and the families represented here, the extended families, those uh, with children and grandchildren. And, and uh, I know there are some families represented here that are going through difficult times. Maybe it's the effects of divorce, Maybe it's just anger and resentment present in family. So I pray in this new year that you may be, bring a reconciling force into our families, that you may protect our loved ones. May you guide their steps. May you be with those who are mourning in 2018, those who will suffer loss or, or are suffering losses. May they look to you to find their comfort and their hope that this is not the end, this is not all there is, that there is a kingdom coming that is eternal. I pray for our church, that we would commit our way as a church to you in 2018, Lord, that our, we would be faithful in our ministries, that you would grow our ministries, that we would leverage everything we have and possess for the furtherment of your kingdom, Lord. May we be willing to risk, that we wouldn't be satisfied with doing the same old, same old, because that's the only way we know, but that we would take risks, that we would imagine what your gospel looks like in our community, how best we can give witness to Jesus Christ 
as a community, Lord. So I pray that you would bless the preschool ministry, bless our, the NA recovery groups, Lord. May people come to know Jesus Christ and be freed from the power of addiction. Uh, bless the uh, food pantry ministry, Lord, as we try to feed our hungry brothers and sisters in our neighborhood. We would you just uh, lead that ministry to grow every day. Uh, be with uh, our women's Bible study. Be with our prayer meeting on Wednesday night. All of our worship services, Lord. And we do pray that maybe you might have a resident or an intern that you would bring us in this new year that would help us in our ministries. Lord, we want to be faithful as a church with everything that we have, and we commit our way to you. We lift up our city and our state and our nation, Lord. Uh, may your spirit be at work in our communities. May we not be divided. May we not uh, give in to hate or division, but might we overcome our differences in love and grace. May we be as Christians, the people that cross over the boundaries and the walls, and may we be willing to reconcile with our brothers and sisters, even though they may look different than us, may, even if they may believe different than us or think different than us, may we be willing to show the unconditional love of Jesus. Perhaps when they see that, maybe they would come to know Jesus as their own. We pray for the world. As we can each probably think of uh, news stories and rumors of war and uh, starving children around the world and, and oppression and, and just visible things of evil around the world, we pray that your kingdom would confront all of these, that your kingdom would be furthered in 2018, that the church globally, whatever denomination it is, any person that declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, that they would be blessed, that they would be faithful, and they may impact this world for your kingdom, that people would see the church united as a witness to Jesus Christ. May you be with those who are laying their lives on the line for the gospel, those who are persecuted, Lord, uh, for their witness. May you strengthen them. May you keep them safe in the year to come. Lord, we're thankful for uh, our unique body of Christ that we have as Church of the Nazarene. May you bless it. May we be faithful to cry out uh, holiness unto the Lord, that we would commit our entire way as a church to you to being followers of Jesus, Lord. Be with our district superintendent, Greg Mason. Bless him, encourage him, give him wisdom in the new year, we ask. And be with our global church leaders and our general superintendents, we pray. Lord, uh, some of us may be sitting here scared about what's to come. But I pray that we would never give in to fear, but that we would find you as our foundation and security, that we would know that nothing can pluck us from your hand. So I pray that this may be a year of peace, of comfort, and of joy, for we have entered into your kingdom, and we will never leave your kingdom, I ask, Lord. And so may uh, those gathered here find comfort today through this time of prayer. Lord, we love you so much. May we continually love you more every day and love our neighbors as ourselves. We commit this year to you. May we give witness to Jesus Christ. Help us to pray 
the prayer your son taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Church family, would you stand with me? Thank you uh, for taking time on this New Year's Eve to seek the face of God, to commit your way to Him. And now receive this benediction. One of the uh, most repeated commands in the Bible is this. Do not fear. May you enter into this new year without fear, but with comfort and joy. May you be the people that give witness to Jesus Christ now and always.